Welcome to the Avenue Podcast, your avenue to enlightening conversations and insightful explorations. I'm your host, Trey Etter, and I'm grateful to have you join us. Well, today we are going to be talking about our very first person of interest, and it's going to be this guy named William Wilberforce, which is such a great name. Uh, William Wilberforce is someone that uh, I would consider a hero of the faith, especially evangelical Protestantism. And so William Wilberforce, you can read a lot about him uh, in several books. Uh, If you've ever seen the Eric Metaxas' Seven Men or Seven Women, he's in uh, the Seven Men book. And that's where I first came across him. And ever since then, I've I've really enjoyed getting to know a lot more about him, a lot more about uh, his faith, his activism, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But right now, I really want to introduce you guys to William Wilberforce. He was a prominent figure in evangelical Christian community, and he played a significant role in the abolition of the slave trade in the British Empire. And so here are some things that I think are important for you to know. So here we go. So he was born in August 24 of in 1759 in the coastal town of Kingston-upon-Hull in England. Uh, he was born to a wealthy merchant family, but his father eventually died when he was about nine years old. And so he moved away from that place to uh, this big city of London. And he was living with his extended family. And they had a home there in London. They also had a home in a village a little outside of the city uh, called Wimbledon, which back in the day, Wimbledon was really a pastoral village. Now today, of course, it's a thriving, grown city uh, where you have a lot of especially tennis competitions, if you know about that. So he lived there for the majority of his upbringing. And he wasn't really receptive to the gospel. There was someone in his life, his aunt, who uh, was really responsible for his upbringing. And she was uh, really influential with his introduction to Christianity. But he wasn't really receptive to the gospel. And so uh, a few years later, in 1776, while some of these colonies were beginning to assert their independence, (laughs) William Wilberforce headed to Cambridge University. And so he was, uh, uh, he had finished his bachelor's degree. And while he was completing his master's degree, he was elected as a member of parliament for the Kingston upon Hull, and this was in 1780. So he was working on his master's degree at Cambridge, and he represented the the uh, section or the the county of Yorkshire, while also being a part of the British Parliament. And he was a part of the uh, British Parliament for many many years. In 1784, he took a trip to the continent, uh, which was the States, and he looked, uh, and then folks with him who was traveling with were all Christians, and coincidentally, and they recommended certain books to him, and he was a Cambridge guy, so he enjoyed reading, enjoyed exploring different things, and so uh, he started reading the great Puritan Philip Doddridge, and as he began to read, he really began to understand the gospel, and he's started really wanting to know more about this thing called the Bible. And so he would read his Bible in the mornings. And it was during this trip in 1984 and through all of his readings that he would consider himself converted or a born-again Christian. And in 1787, another event occurred in Wilberforce's life. This uh, One of his friends named Thomas Clarkson, he was a Cambridge classmate, 
Clarkson had published an essay against England's slave trade. And Clarkson was able to convince Wilberforce that this was a cause worth fighting for. In fact, it was in his journal at the time that Wilberforce wrote this. He said, God Almighty has set before me two great objects, the suppression of the slave trade and the reformation of manners. Now, then manners meant moral reform rather than what we would call manners today. But but notice that the people who were most against the slave trade and who understood it as a moral failure, a, a, a terrible uh, stain on society, were Christians. And so here we have Wilberforce, who's a parliamentarian, he's a Christian, and he's faced with the cause of suppressing the slave trade. And so he was known very quickly after that to be a leading abolitionist. And he was uh, he was known for his relentless efforts to abolish the transatlantic slave, slave trade. He introduced bills in Parliament to repeal the slave trade year after year after year. And let me tell you, his work was not well received. Much, much like it was here in the States and in, in Britain, it was not received because the slave trade was a massive economic booming thing for the country. And so you can imagine someone in Parliament saying, I know this is bringing a lot of wealth to our country, but we need to get rid of it. Now, of course, he was arguing on a moral platform versus everyone else was probably thinking on an economic platform. But nonetheless, he understood it to be incredibly wrong. And so uh, he did this year after year after year. In fact, um, I was able to go into Parliament uh, a few years ago, and I got to see where William stood as he was uh, basically giving these long speeches to Parliament. And there's this really cool plaque in the ground of saying, here's here's where William Wilberforce stood uh, to besiege Parliament to get rid of the British slave trade. It's super cool. If you're ever in London, I definitely encourage you to tour Parliament because that's a really cool sight to see. So, after 18 years of advocacy, Wilberforce uh, was able to see some fruit. So, in 1807, the Trade Slave Act was passed, making it illegal to engage in the slave trade within the British Empire. Uh, but that didn't mean that the slavery was gone. It just meant that slave trade was gone. And so there was still a lot of work to be done. And so in 1833, although he didn't live to see it, uh, the Slavery Abolition Act was passed. And so his legacy extends beyond the abolition of slave trade. He is remembered as a dedicated Christian reformer. He was a philanthropist who worked tirelessly to improve society. Uh, The founder of Methodism, John Wesley, who was a contemporary of Wilberforce, he, he once said of him, Unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the oppression of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? All of them together, stronger than God? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. So, uh, John Wesley, uh, uh, obviously extremely influential reformer of not only society, but of the Christian faith, 
definitely had a lot of great things to say about William Wilberforce. In July of 1833, while suffering from a severe attack of influenza, he received word that the bill for the abolition of slavery had finally passed its third reading in the House of Commons. And the following day, he died. One month later, Parliament passed the Slavery Abolition Act that gave all the slaves in the British Empire their freedom. And the, the plaque at Wilberforce's birthplace says this, No Englishman has ever done more to evoke the conscience of the British people and to elevate and ennoble British life. So Wilberforce is, I think, rightly called a hero of the faith and, and really really a modern hero relatively speaking a lot of people speak really greatly of him john piper highlights a lot of what he did uh, did with his abolition work and his social reform the late tim keller uh he also has a lot of incredible things to say about william wilberforce eric metaxas and his biography uh called amazing grace uh he obviously highlights a lot of his deep christian convictions and the impact impact that his faith had on his work to end the slave trade and other things within the british uh the british empire and so uh there are several awards and organizations named in honor of william uh the william wilberforce award was presented by the chuck colson center for christian worldview in the united states it's given to individuals who have significantly contributed to the defense and restoration of the Judeo-Christian worldview and society. Uh, it's not exclusively focused on the slavery abolition, uh, but it is named in honor of Wilberforce's commitment to Christian values and social reform. Here at Baylor, we have the Wilberforce Award. Uh, it's, uh, it's given to those who have demonstrated a commitment to social justice and the principles of faith and freedom. And it celebrates Wilberforce's legacy and his connection to the university. Uh, Wilberforce uh, has uh, was born in, in Kingston upon Hull, and there's the Hull University, and there's this place called the Wilberforce Institute to the study of slavery and emancipation, and it's there at the uh, University of Hull in the UK. It researches contemporary slavery and related issues. And it's not really an award, but it's definitely an institute dedicated to continuing the work and legacy of William Wilberforce. They do have the Wilberforce Medal, and it's given to individuals who have made outstanding contributions to society in the spirit of Wilberforce. And so here's why I think it's important for you to know about William Wilberforce. And really, just really quickly, let me point you to some scripture. Micah 6, 8 says this, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. It's an incredible verse. If you were to look at all of the laws of the, the, the Deuteronomy, the Mosaic law in Deuteronomy, and you were to look at all 600 plus of them, Micah distills them into three. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And if there was ever an incredible modern example to follow, William Wilberforce stands out above the rest. He is a hero of many. He has a legacy that has positively impacted millions for the gospel. And he understood, despite the pushback of his contemporaries, of uh, other others in Parliament, of society, of the entire nation, 
he understood something to be wrong and understood it objectively based off of what God has ordained as good. He understood it to be wrong and he allowed his faith to propel him forward, even amongst trials and persecution and uh, societal ostracization that he knew this is what he was called to do. And so as college students, it might not be that you're called to abolish slavery, but slavery still exists. So maybe that's something that you want to go for. But let me encourage you, as you know something to be true, as you know something to be uh, right in accordance with God's word, let your faith and let your conviction of what God has told us to propel you forward. And let's do it with confidence. Let's do it with courage. Let's do it with conviction. And so William Wilberforce, an incredible example. We'll have some uh, resources for you in the show notes of this podcast. If you want to look out, look more into about William, some articles or books or podcasts, but we would love to get to know, Hey, who else would you like to know about on this podcast? We have some others on the line, but if there's someone in particular that you would love to hear, let us know. And hey, guys, we're excited for this podcast. It's going to be really short. We're about to finish up. If you have any ideas about what we should do or topics we should cover, definitely let us know. But guys, so happy you're joined with us. We hope to see you next time. See you later.